in Dhamma practice we often uh, tackling the tangle of thought the obsessive nature of thought the critical self-critical quality of thought incessant rambling on Um, so naturally there's a certain antipathy to thinking but actually thinking is an important part of practice this is a very specific kind of thinking which is a simple reference point term concept idea and then placing it into the heart and dwelling in it and these are we're often um, prescribed particular um, recollections nusati maranusati recollection of death buddha nusati recollection of buddha metabhavana um, recollection of goodwill unattractive aspects of the body so we take something uh, an idea or an image or a thought and take it in and how does it affect us it's sobering, steadying, gladdening and so you, this is where you, you begin to settle uh, Dhamma this is an idea of take simple things steady them settle them in and see which seems appropriate at this particular time the skill to be cultivated and it's not as if you sometimes you can do this in prescribed ways like deliberately consider Buddha Dhamma Sangha, Karma nature of Karma certain sense of sobering but also pivoting we can do good or we could really mess it up, you know. <laughs> so there's certain on, be on, on your watch, be watchful, karma. Maranisati, nature to pass away, to die. Everything we have, we will leave behind. Uh, our possessions, our friends, our relationships, our own bodies, our sense world, sense faculties. Uh, these will we will leave there will be a sense of them coming to an end and we will be aware of that and how is that what is aware of that this is quite a useful one uh, because naturally we will all die so it's good to have a few rehearsals <laughs> and just go so the mental shock isn't so great you know, we've been through this certain dispassion uh, uh, this too must pass just to add a certain tonality to our lives and with this we also are able perhaps to distill what is the most essential uh, quality Mm. the understanding is that the um, our bodies crumble, pass away, the functions break down, sense faculties fade or dissolve, even the ability to think becomes more difficult as one goes into that process. And what remains and what dwells is the heart quality, 
and that stays and that acts as the guiding light for whatever will occur afterwards after this has passed so it's important to cultivate that so you know your guiding light so because we can question is there such a thing as a further birth or not well in a way it doesn't really matter because you could have a guiding light anyway <laughs> in this life whether it's, it's going to do us any good in the future we don't know but it's good to at least exercise it to sense what where your guiding lights are where your guiding light is and then it gives you a sense of you can orient around this and I've used that term orientation uh, I think it's it's very fundamental um, it's something we do instinctively more or less we search for what we can know how we fit in, what works and so forth we need to have that security uh, and often people are finding themselves orienting around qualities and features in their experience that don't offer security such as maybe their job offers some security but finally not an ultimate one you can get fired and the day will come when you can't do that so just to begin to sense there are relative places and the deeper place that we can go to this is what the recollection of of death can catalyze for us. So when I ask myself this uh, this question, I'd like to come up with a nice answer. So I'd kind of like to come up with um, I'd like to come up with loving kindness. It's nice, but I don't actually. <laughs> it's slightly disappointing. <laughs> I don't think I'm a particularly malevolent being, but yeah, I don't deny that. And yet, uh, it doesn't seem to quite go there. It goes to I think patience, or uh, what really has deeply touched rocked me you could say not just been pleasant or agreeable what's really rocked me and changed me that I hadn't got an idea of and as I contemplated that I came up with a sense of refuge Maybe this is not your word, but that's the word that came for me, sense of refuge. Refuge from the overwhelm of the world, the overwhelm of feeling, feeling affected by everything. So perhaps it's the same for you, it's been always something that's very um, uh, 
common for myself is just to get very profoundly moved and affected by experience, saddened, disappointed, um, irritated, sensitivity. And concerned not just for myself but for others get very um, concerned for other people and want to do more so this kind of powerful moods emotions you'd say are not necessarily not bad but I do would say that's not been something that that, uh, that was known. I knew that already. I felt that already. I wasn't necessarily able to to frame it up, but I was aware of that already. That, that quality in my nature. Maybe yours is something that you know desperately want to help or to make other people happy. Uh, these qualities not bad but uh, can be quite uh, um, overwhelming at times so to me refuge is a place of refuge for myself or a place where myself my habits my uh, tendencies can be heard, received, steadied, not rebuffed, not tidied, not you know, consoled, not <laughs> sorted out, but just held, steadied, and uh, it's kind of like the goodness is integrated, if you like. This is what I call refuge, a deep place of deepening. Maybe this isn't your word. It's, uh, but I do, because it's such a powerful word in, in, in Dharma practice, in Buddhism, the three refuges. And the Buddha using that term. And really, uh, presenting uh, our life as something where we should find refuge. We can be, we are beset with uh, uh, sensory pain, separation from love, uh, your health, fearful cr- criminal actions, violence around us, uh, and so on. And these issues are not disappeared and they may even become more complex as we can be aware of deep catastrophes in our planet in our political and social environment catastrophic uh, conflict disharmony and injustice and it's good not to feel we turn away nor to be overwhelmed. Refuge to me is a place where I can be in the presence of that without tightening up or without getting flooded 
and yet still be in the presence of that. Take a, and then allow a response to arise from that by itself. To me, the responses generally are, fortunately, <laughs> of, of, a, of a good, benevolent nature, or an equanimous nature, or a compassionate nature, or a giving nature, or a uh, you know, offering nature. You say that's the response, but response doesn't really come from my self, from my refuge. That's the way I would, I would explain that. Mm-hmm. for that. Because this is something that I would really like others to know. Maybe you already do. Yeah. But in terms of if, if I said, what would I like out of this retreat? What would I really like out of this retreat? What would you feel? That was, that was a really useful retreat, was a sense that people found this quality, whatever they termed it, phrased it, uh, whatever that word was, they found this quality that enables them to be present with the chaos and the pain and the comings and goings, not shutting it out, not overwhelmed by it, not frozen by it, not fainting in the present of it, not Riling up with anger and, and recrimination and blame. These are we call these are the um, uh, inadequate reactions: fight, flight, freeze, faint, freak out. <laughs> yeah, all aren't very understandable, but they're not really going to work, are they? Uh, and then we could find that. Yes, which can find our ground, our stability, something that's actually quite timeless, deathless. Mm-hmm. That, so from this, then response, responses can arise. to kind of add even more to that just bear in mind um, we very often most of our life is lived at a, what I call the normal um, sensory level and in ter- where time is running on and uh, we move through time and we move from place to place those that way of experiencing things and its validity. Uh, but we also, uh, particularly in meditation on retreats, you can touch into another reality. I would suggest it's a more uh, substantial, certainly more reliable reality, which doesn't move forward in time and does not depend upon any particular location not bound in space and time. 
It's very, so where's this? It may seem mysterious, but this is the nature of chitta, of heart-mind. This is why we can still be in our chitta, we can still be uh, disappointed by experiences that happened five years ago. We can still be experiencing the same patterns of, of loss or frustration. We haven't moved on. It's these patterns in the chitta do not move on in terms of time. You can fly a thousand miles and your disappointment travels with you. You can, you know, your feeling of self-criticism go to another place and you still find yourself being critical of yourself. Because these patterns do not move on in terms of time and for liberation and for getting down to the nitty gritty of what our life is about this is the level to touch into this is the level that we will die on when the death, when the sense consciousness begins to fold up this is what we come into and so it's so important to not neglect that and to uh, into that and to begin to work on these habitual patterns mental patterns that need to, need to be resolved in our life that are not about space or time they're called acquisitions or residual tendencies or karmic accumulations you can string a load of words over around them uh, it's got no, not get too technical, but you probably meet quite a few of these beasties as you sit, and as the uh, particularly when the sense consciousness is pretty restricted, as it is here, we're not really doing a lot, uh, having a lot to fill ourselves up with, and this is why. This is what renunciation is for. This is what the formalities of this retreat for. This is what the simplicity of it is for with its awkwardness, with its discomforts, with its sense of, well, I, you know, would like to do... No, you can't. <laughs> I, yeah, I know, I would also, but you can't. <laughs> but why? <laughs> nothing wrong with No, there's not anything wrong with it, but there's more fucking more important to do right now than just, you know, change the furniture <laughs> in the on the sensory plane and it's the if we do just calm on that sensory level settle into that with its whatever it is and then we will find ourselves more or less opening into that depth now so it's not and this is of course this can be an area of some considerable uh, discomfort, the unresolved uh, sorrows or pieces that have been bothering us. Mm. We may think something is going wrong with my meditation. No, something's going right with your meditation. Or at least you're touching the territory, you're touching into the territory. And this is, as you touch into it, because you will touch into it. It will keep coming back to you. 
And there's no, really there's nowhere to hide. Uh, so this is one aspect of the meditation experience. But of course, the other aspect is being able, upright, straightforward, gentle and so forth, having the resources to be able to meet these and from your refuge place, not from your self, not from your personal wishes, not from your personal strategies, not from your personal time span, like hurry up, get it over with, I've been here, I've done it, let's get on. No, it's not going to do that. You have to find this refuge place, as from this is where you find the resources to meet and resolve these uh, difficulties. And that's our life. That's what it was about. Yeah. That's what it was all about. So there's this plane of the mind, doesn't move in time, and seemingly this, this area, this plane, this territory of the mind is beset with difficulties. Those are the things that most immediately come up, but then also this is the place where you can find a refuge, and steadying where resources will arise. Uh, so, how do you find that refuge? Well, this is what we're generating these forms for. Body form, heart form, and thought form. The body form is the refuge, making the body a refuge. So it's not the sensory body, but the breathing body. The inner body. The sense of completing one's inner body from the face of the body up through the head, breathing body, and as you begin to uh, form that, generate that, it will begin to spread. So it's like something was like a plasma that flows through the entire form of your, of your embodiment. You can, you can come that way. First thing is to actually acknowledge it and access it and open up these, uh, what are called the chambers, the belly, the chest, the throat. And you can feel as those come into fruition a sense of something, energy that begins to move almost by itself through the head, through the tissues of the body. So a fine, uh, suffusive quality. It has a very um, penetrating and um, blessed feel to it. Heart, heart form. Heart form is, uh, you could say, it's moral. It's it's tender-hearted. It's concerned. It's uh, sensitive, 
It also takes a stand on truth and on respect of others. From these naturally forms uh, responses of goodwill, forgiveness, patience, we tend to flower. When you find a heart form, again, it begins to have its own um, fruition. And you say the essential heart form is do you feel, does your heart feel safe? This is what we establish body for. The heart feels safe in itself. There's a sense of uh, not being uh, feeling comfortable, safe in itself. And by its, its own nature is to wish to spread that quality. The heart by itself is a, is a naturally it's a spreading, an empathic, inclusive medium. When it's settled, it tends to spread its qualities around, as you'll recognize. When you feel settled and steady, it's very easy to experience uh, goodwill and kindness and sensitivity towards others. If you're not settling yourself, it's hard to settle, it usually gets crabby or you know, nervy. Or, so this heart form, safe. Safe even from myself, from my thoughts, my judgments. Heart form will tend to overflow. The thought form is just this sense of simple form, it's a sense of how is that? What's that? Naming, naming, like striking a goal. How is that? Strike. What's the sound? Strike. What's the sound? You missed it. Strike the gong. What's the sound? Don't waffle. Don't proliferate. Just get to the point. Strike the gong. What's it mean? What's the point? What's really happening here? Not what should be happening. What somebody else told you. What's happening now? Strike the gong. If fear is happening, fear is happening. If animosity is happening, it's happening. Yeah. So use this to, to trim these long narratives that our thinking mind can come up with, uh, ourself and others, what I should not, ever will be, how can I, what will I, you know, will I ever. What's the meaning? Worry. Got it. How's that? Yeah. Some of these, so striking that Goal, get, that's the thought, thought form, to be absolutely honest. Yeah, not uh, unkind, but to the point. Yeah, and acknowledge also, this is a quality of goodwill. So it's not just like a scoop where you're revealing all your difficult pieces, but also the chance to acknowledge here is the the generosity, the care for others, the sense of wishing others well. So just keep striking those that goal. And for this we establish, first of all, to hit the goal of what is meaningful, valuable. I respect 
I can sense. And you may fumble for words, you may try this, it doesn't quite hit the mark today. Another day you may get that sense. And so this thought form, this thought process helps to evoke your um, uh, mental form, your meaning. And you take that into your heart, and you take that into your body, and you breathe it. And this means these three realms, or these three modes, come together and enrich themselves, enrich each other, become strengthened. Okay, if you notice in the Buddha's words on loving kindness, barely mentions kindness. That comes quite late. It's able, upright, straightforward. It's get, you know, get able, get settled. Have that sense of, you know, a body refuge and a moral refuge. Able, upright, straightforward. Don't waffle. Get to the point. Gentle in speech, unburdened with duties, don't get too busy, kind of make the world work, it doesn't work. Unburdened with approval in their way, it's just what do we really need? What's really helpful right now? This is not to have some kind of uh, preliminary list, but just to keep that question necessary now. Keep bright around that. So, see, we haven't really touched into any quality that we can call metta yet. And yet those are considered to be, these are the the training that makes this beautiful idea and an emotion that we often feel with uh, people that we regard and appreciate it makes it something that's not just a passing mood. Uh, it embeds it in coming into... Yeah? And it says, uh, a in the way is humble and not conceited, contented and easily satisfied. Saying with this, we found that steadiness, that simplicity, that unity, that steadying of the heart. It's not fretful, contented. To be contented is really quite difficult. (laughs) But that's what renunciation is for. Just keep tearing away. I have this. I have enough for now. And then, how wonderful. I do have enough for now. For one night. The rest of my life, I don't know. But I've got enough for for today. Ah, and appreciate it. I've got a place I can shelter where the mosquitoes aren't going to be biting. For one night. Wow. <laughs> and to appreciate that. So this is all, you know, steadying, supporting, revealing, you know, re- remove the distractions, steadying, supporting, uh, simplifying, and then gladdening what we can be contented with. Today I have not harmed creatures. Today I have not 
distorted truth. They are not, you know, intoxicated or whatever. So this is this is an important training. Very often, people when they they cultivate on retreat, they're doing many good things, skillful things to recollect and feel contented that they're feeding, they're satisfying themselves with these qualities. Of course, these qualities are not, you know, confined to me personally. They're not what a good boy am I, but that I'm in a situation and so today these, these attitudes have arisen. They're available for me. I am grateful to be someone who uh, is free from the stain of violence or stinginess or scorn. Those who not overwhelm me today. Oh, that's nice. You know, take that little warm place. And this quality of Generate. This is also the skill of the thinking mind to prune through all the things we can think about and to derive a meaning that steadiness gives us a refuge from the self-criticism, the feeling of inadequacy, the big project we haven't completed, the worry about future other people think and so forth. And it gives us a refuge from what our minds can do. And saying, you know, with this, with ease in place, it's almost a natural consequence. May other beings feel free, free from harm, safe, comfortable, whatever living beings they may be. And look at the sequence of that. You know? As if that quality of goodwill is a natural faculty that will arise by itself. It's a natural faculty of heart. The heart then has to be revealed, uh, steadied, uh, extracted from circumstance, if you like, and offered its meaning, then it becomes uh, something, quality, that naturally spreads towards others. So then, of course, we are doubly blessed. We're deeply enriched by our, because to be able to offer and experience generosity and gladness, appreciation of us, may be good for them, but is immensely good for me. Yeah, it just helps to soothe some of that sorrow and sadness and disappointment and anxiety. It's immensely good. And of course, it can be the case that if we cultivate that way, you know, people respond in kind. But that's not what one was asking for. So let my mind be free from the stain of fearfulness awkwardness, disappointment, feeling inadequate. 
and then what arises from that release is our blessing in this world. So all these qualities will uh, enrich one's refuge place. They may by themselves be avenues into your refuge. They may take you to it. They may be that which you can express as your refuge. But the refuge quality is not exactly goodwill or compassion. It's the groundedness of it. The way that it is just there beyond self. It's the groundedness of it. From that grounded in truth where these qualities have their source and their arising and their uh, refreshment. This is something that uh, to uh, reflect upon. So as you come to the end of your day, whenever that may be for you, just to take the time to reflect a little, recollect, just even as a regular process, rather like cleaning your teeth or having a shower, something you do on a regular basis, come to the end of the day. Okay, just scanning through, yeah, and what was meaningful, what was helpful, what was put aside, what was, uh, anything you can dwell in, yeah, that is a support and a refuge. So if this night is your last night on earth, that will be your vehicle to take you beyond. But if you survive the night, (laughs) please be back here tomorrow morning for more.